Good day. Buongiorno tutti. Pastor Jen Pasquale here. Uh, obviously, I'm not at the ICF Rome Church just yet, but it is a Thursday morning, afternoon-ish, whenever time you're watching this, Thursday Connect Online. And this has been a wonderful time and challenge for me as well to stay in the Word, stay strong, and to pray, Lord, what can we talk about today? As some of you may have realized, we have been helping our daughter who just had a baby. And so the time change has been a little crazy. Um, Rome will be opening back up very soon. Phases are opening up now. And we are in preparation for getting the church building cleaned and um, offices open and ready, technology ready to operate from inside the building rather than outside the building. And <clears throat> I just wanted today to sort of sit outside for this Thursday Connect um, because I can and because um, you can see the blue skies behind me. You may hear a few ambient noises. But I just want us to pray today because I have shared with my ladies the passage from 2 Kings chapter 4. So if you're looking in your Bible, we are going to look at Elisha and the Shunammite woman. And I have to give credit to my new friend, Pastor uh, Martin in California. She delivered such a beautiful message um, last week and just really got me looking at this passage of scripture in 2 Kings chapter 4, starting at verse 8. So get your Bible, 2 Kings chapter 4, starting at verse 8, and we are going to talk about some of the things that the Shunammite woman experienced before she went to the man of God, after she went to the man of God, in the middle of circumstances, and I feel like the Lord just really inspired my heart yesterday as I was studying. And so I wanted to share that with you today. So Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for your peace that passes all understanding. I thank you for your energy that gives us stamina. And I pray that the word of God would really illuminate our lives as to that reframing that you want us to do in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of uncertainties, and so, Lord, we are giving you this day. We are thankful for the Thursday connections. I pray blessings on all my friends. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> you know, in these past uh, nine weeks, really ten weeks now, there have been so many prayer requests that have gone forward. And right now, as we start, I have a prayer request for my dear friend, Anna, and her brother, Derek, who's in a hospital in Canada. So would you take a moment, would you type it in the chat? Would you let me know that you're praying for Derek to recover from this terrible virus, that he would have strength and that his family would have faith, <coughs> that the doctors would have wisdom. The Bible says where two or three agree as touching anything, it's done. And I came to you many weeks ago asking you to pray for our boss and leader of the Assemblies of God World Missions, Greg Mundus. And I am so happy to report to you that Greg Mundus, along with Brother Carpenter, who was also in the AGWM offices, 
for the carpenters being released home. He's walking, he's eating, he's recovering. Greg is now walking with a walker in recovery and therapy and no tubes. And um, God is just restoring everything that those many, many weeks in, in intensive care and on the ventilator did. So we know, we have witnessed that God does miracles, that God does it. But you know, sometimes you've heard Pastor Rick's story, the miracle doesn't happen overnight. It's not instant. And so right now, would you type in the chat, I'm praying for Derek. I'm believing for Derek in Canada. So Father, right now we reach our hands towards Anna, and her brother Derek in Canada. I come against this virus in the name of Jesus. I thank you that I heard one of my own friends, her daughter had the virus. Um, she was nursing a 10 month old baby, but God, you miraculously sustained and healed her and restored her strength and energy. God, you are no respecter of persons. We know that there are friends who have lost loved ones and we don't understand the sovereignty of God, but we do know that you said we could ask and that you would come on our behalf. And so, Lord, we're asking you to heal Derek on this side of heaven, if at all possible, and to give him strength to help his lungs function, to give his family faith and peace, and that the love of God would just permeate every person, that wisdom would come to doctors and nurses, and that medicine that is given, that his body would respond to it. So, Lord, we're asking you together for a miracle for Derek in Canada. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, later today, we're also going to be having our prayer meeting, and that's going to be amazing. And we're going to be praying for some other things. So I, I'm not going to take the time to do that right now. But I want you to know that God loves you. He hears your prayers. I had someone who was worried about finances and what was going to happen next. And then she got a beautiful message from someone who said, hey, I want to bless you. And I just want to help you get through this time with productivity in your life and in your calling. So those of you that are giving generously, that's our theme this month. Faith moves our giving so that we give generously of our lives. I want you to know it's essential. We hear that word a lot, but it is essential for you to give what you have, your love, your words of encouragement, your tangible gifts, your um, funny gifts. I've gotten gifts in the mail of really special masks that I can wear. And so those things lift people's spirits and let us know that we're not alone. So I want you to know today, you are not alone. So if you're joining me, Julia, Lisa, Audrey, Mary Carrie, um, Cherry, Helen, thank you. And I love you. Type in that chat that you love me too. That's really awesome. I love to go back and read the chats after I'm done sharing, but I just want you to know you're loved. You are loved. And I want us to look at what happened in the, in the version of second Kings chapter four. So I'm going to look at my computer just past this phone. Starting in verse eight, it says one day, Elijah went to Shunem where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in and eat food. And she said to her husband, behold, now I know this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. <clears throat> I wonder, I'm just gonna break it down while we go because Elisha was the prophet, the, the man of God that she was gonna hear from. This is a holy man who is continually passing our way. I want you to write that in the chat continually passing my way. God and his word 
whether it's through online ministry, one-on-one -on -one calls, it, inside a building, outside a building, God is continually passing your way to remind you that he has a plan for today. He has a plan for tomorrow. Even when we make a plan and the airlines changes our plans or the government changes our plans, God still has a plan. And he knew about all these interruptions that would happen. Behold, now I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let's make a space, a small room for him with walls and put a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp. So whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. Have you made a bed and a place for the holy word of God in your life? Have you set a table and a chair and a lamp so that whenever the word of God is speaking to you, you can go and sit in that chair? If I was in my house in Rome, I would be sitting in my prayer chair with my grandmother's yellow shawl over the back of it, reminding me to have time with the word of God, the man of God above. Have you made a place? It doesn't have to be big. You've seen the War Room movie, but you've got to make a place. You've got to be intentional. This, These days run together and these weeks run together and you've got to be intentional about making that small room with a chair and a table and a lamp so that whenever God wants to speak to you, you run to that place. I had a beautiful conversation with my daughter, several of my daughters this week, but yesterday Jessica said in the morning when I don't know what else to do and I'm waiting for the baby to finish nursing, and I sit in my prayer chair and I put on my version of the Bible that speaks to me and I just listen to the word of God. That's what listening to the man of God is about. So on verse 11, it says, one day he came and turned to the chamber and rested there. And he said to Gehazi, call this Shunammite. When he called her, she stood before him and said, see, now you've had taken all this trouble. And what, what should we be do for you? What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what? Well, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi said, well, she has no son and her hun husband is old. Let me get up here. And when he called her, he stood in the doorway and he said this, at this season, about this time next year, you will embrace a son. And she said, oh no, Lord, don't lie to me. She knew she was old. But the woman conceived and bore a son about the time the following spring as Elisha had said to her, I want you to write that in the chat, the following spring. We're in spring right now. You might be hearing the birdies chirping. Last week, I was so blessed to have our daughter Jacqueline bring a word of how the Lord is helping her to reframe during this time. And I want you to know that God does not lie to us. If he makes a promise, he is going to fulfill it. So I want you, the you know, Bible says without a vision, the people perish. So I want you to get a vision, not only of what you're doing this week and this month and in the fall, what you think you might do, but what is the promise? Ask yourself, what is the promise that God is birthing in me that's gonna come forth about this time next spring? I'm excited. I know that God is gonna do some amazing things for you. Some of my pastor friends, Brother Joe Tabby, I don't know if you're on yet this today, but 
I want you to know I appreciate you and Joanne. Joanne sent me a word of encouragement this morning and it blessed my heart. She gave generously to me. I love you for that, Joanne. Thank you to my friends, Barb Jurgenti in Michigan and Lisa in Louisiana, and Julie who watches a little bit later after we air the program. Your words of encouragement, your prayers remind us of the promise of God and that about this time next spring, we're going to be seeing some of that fruit. We're going to be seeing some of that promise. In fact, last year, God began to speak to Pastor Rick about we were uh, around this time we were approaching 1 million. And by November, we had reached over 1 million for the la for the first 5 years. And the Lord said, I want you to get a bigger vision. I want you to reach 1 million every year. If you could do 1 million in five years and now you're online and the message is going forth and people are responding. My dear friends in India that write me every week, I want you to know I read your messages. I am praying for you that the windows of heaven would open and God would shower down every bit of provision you need. I've heard testimonies of healings and physical situations being turned around in India. So wherever you are, I want you to have a vision. But I want you to know God gave that vision for one million for one year for 2020. It's April and we stopped having church at the first of March. And I want you to know by the end of April, we had reached over one million people with the gospel message for this year alone, four months. In April, we reached over 500,000 people. These are people that are writing, like my friend Bettina in Copenhagen. Just pardon the dog. But I want you to know that God promises things, and then he brings those things to pass. So he said in verse 17, if you're writing it, underline it, she conceived, she began to birth the promise in her. And about that time, the following spring, she bore the promise that God's man had given to her, that the word of God had come forth. Now, listen, this is a woman who was old and waited for that promise. And she had, I'm sure, grown weary. And we go on to verse 18. It says, when the child had grown. So from verse 17 to verse 18, we get however grown a child is from a baby to a child. And he went out one day to help his father among the reapers. So if he was helping in the harvest, I bet the child was several years old, maybe a teenager. And he said to his father, my head, my head, oh, my head. And the father said, carry him to his mother. And when they lifted him and brought him to his mother, the child laid on her lap and died. That promise that God had given surely felt like it had just died. I want to ask you if in this pandemic, have there been promises that God has given you and you brought them into your lap and you wept over them and you thought, it feels like this promise has just died. But guess what? She went and laid him on the bed of the man of God. She shut the door behind him. In verse 22, she called to her husband and said, send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may go quickly to the man of God and come back again. And he said, why will you go to the man of God and come back again? And he said, why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. 
And she said, verse 23, all is well. Can you imagine you've got friends who are saying those dreams that you had promised to you, those ministry things <clears throat> that you thought you were going to do, it's died, it's done, it's over. Can't you see the period? Move on. But here's this Shunammite woman with such great faith. Thank you, Ann Martin, for this word of encouragement that I'm sharing that you inspired me with. And she said, I'm going to go back to that word of God. I'm going to go back to that man of God. And I am going to declare, regardless of what I held in my lap, it is well. So she saddled her donkey, means she had to get up and get out. She said to her servant, urge this animal, don't slacken on the pace for me unless I tell you. And she went and found the word of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said, look, there's the Shunammite. Run at once to her and say to her, imagine this is God saying to you, is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with your child? And she answered in verse 26, all is well. I wonder today if you've had trouble in your marriage during this time and it's been difficult and you've been getting on each other's nerves and you you think about the tragedy differently and God is saying to you how's it going with your spouse can you say by faith all is well God isn't wanting our complaints he isn't wanting our moaning and our groaning I said on Sunday when we live generously we don't isolate ourselves we integrate ourselves into the lives of others even at the sacrifice of our own if God so loved shouldn't we you can type in the chat if something speaks to you I love you. I'm praying for you, Barb, and you're a woman of faith. I'm praying for you, Lisa. You're a woman of faith. Even in the midst of lupus, you're a woman of faith, and God is healing lupus. God is restoring. So she said, all is well. And when she came, she caught hold of his feet. Imagine this. She ran and caught hold of his feet. He tried to push her away, but the man of God said, Gehazi tried to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone for she's in distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. And she said, did I not ask you for a son? Did I not say, do not deceive me? And he said to Gehazi, tie up your garment and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, don't stop. Don't greet him. If anyone greets you, don't reply and lay my staff on the face of the child. Then the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Now picture God. God is the symbol of Elisha saying to this woman, in bitter distress, don't pass, go, don't stop, run back to the situation and do what I've told you to do. Go back to the situation, go back to the marriage, go back to the dream that I've given you that you thought had died. Don't, don't leave it. Don't listen to the naysayers along the way. Don't stop, but do it. But she says, but God, I can't let go of you. Remember Ruth, where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. And she holds him. She's in distress. So she's not just pretending everything's fine and oh, it's well. 
She's in distress, but she is declaring all is well. Yes, thank you for those comments. Thank you for those words of inspiration. My ladies from Thursday Connect, God speaks to us. He speaks through you. I'm going to give you a minute. What is well in your life that you thought had died? Have you said, I will not leave you, God? I will not leave your word. I will not leave the dream. I will continue to do it. Oh, I can tell you, I've wrestled. I've thought about different options and what's going on. But I know my heart and my calling is in Rome, Italy, to the nations. So I do this because I believe it's what God has shared in my heart to compel others to be inspired to do. Gehazi went ahead. And he laid the staff on the child, but nothing happened. So he turned to meet him and he said, the child has not awakened. And when Elijah came to the house, he saw the child laying dead on his bed and he went in and he shut the door behind them and he prayed to the Lord and he went up and he put his mouth on the child's mouth and he put his eyes on the child's eyes and he laid his hands on his hands and he stretched himself upon him. And the flesh became warm. I don't know, but right now I just feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to someone whose marriage has grown cold. You have not touched hand to hand, mouth to mouth, vision to vision, eyes to eyes. What if you went in that room? And I don't mean to be too intimate, but you shut that door. You put hand to hand. I'm not talking about anything sexual. You put hand to hand. You looked eye to eye and you said, I love you. I breathe life into this marriage. I believe this is a prophetic word for you. Don't give up. What if you went into that dream? What if you went back into that prayer room? You put your hands on that journal that you wrote that, that promise from last spring. You wrote the journal in and this spring doesn't feel like it's happening. But you know what? All things work together for good and God is preparing you. What if you put your hands on that journal right now? What if you put your eyes on the word of God, on the man of God and what he's saying? Maybe you're doing that now. What if you opened your ears to hear the promise of God once again? It never said, I'm going to give you this promise. And about halfway through or three quarters of the way through or five years through, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to say, never mind. I don't need you. God never revokes his calling upon our life. I'll say that again. You type it in the chat. God never revokes his calling. The calling of God cannot be revoked. The Bible says that. Those aren't my words. So if God has called you to be married, if he is, and, and you're in a safe place, I'm not talking about a place that could be dangerous, abusive, and things like that. That's a whole nother topic for another story. And you know our story with our daughter, and I understand there are safe places we have to be. But I'm talking about two people that have become very independent-minded. And God is saying, I want you to merge back together. I want you to remember the vows. I want you to remember the promise. And I want you to know that your latter days will be greater than your former days. And that thing I promised you this spring is going to come to pass next spring. Don't you stop believing. So he called the Shunammite and he called her and she came into him and he said, 
pick up your son. And I love this in verse 37. She came and fell at his feet at the word of God, bowing to the ground. And then she picked up her son and went out. You know, some of us are about to re-engage. Across the United States, I heard in Arkansas, they're going to start having church. In Texas, I think they had some church last week. And um, some of my friends in other places are going to start to have church. The Catholic Church may start to have church in a couple weeks. They're still waiting on some details for the other churches in Italy. We're not going to rush this thing. We're going to do what God has called us to do. And I want you to know it takes courage to do church online. Church is not a building. Church is a people. Church is a holy people filled with the goodness of God. Pastor Rick has been saying it. We are his ambassadors, regardless of the address, regardless of where our office is, regardless of where the altar is. And I can tell you right now here today, outside is my altar. It was sitting outside where I was praying before Jessica had her baby, knowing she could literally bleed to death at this birth. And because of COVID-19, she could be in that hospital alone without us there. We've never missed a hospital birth without her husband there. And I was alone with the word of God in distress, grabbing at his feet in, my, in the word in my heart. And I heard the word of the Lord. It will be okay. This will be an easy birth. She will survive and thrive and the baby will be blessed. You know, his name is Lincoln Marcelino. It means strong warrior. She had two previous very dangerous births and she didn't get to see the babies right away because things were happening in her body that were very dangerous and life-threatening. I want you to know that baby was born without any life-threatening issues. She was awake and held him and nursed him. It was the easiest birth she's ever had. She had surgery and she's recovering. But Marcelino, Lincoln Marcelino, he's a strong warrior. They said he'll have jaundice and he might have to stay in that hospital where other COVID-19 patients were. But immediately, God began to increase his blood levels to the normal range. And he and Jessica were able to come home at that normal time. He is doing fantastic because the word of the Lord, when you grab hold of it, he will keep his promises. He promised me that his Holy Spirit would be my comfort. So when things don't get answered the way I thought, I run like she ran to Elisha. I sit at his feet. That miracle happened. She didn't run and grab her son and run out and get all back to normal. The first thing she did was fall at the feet of the man of God and bow to the ground. And I'm not asking you to fall at the feet of your pastor or your, your minister or your bishop when you get back together. But I'm asking you to fall at the feet of God before you do anything else. And you say, God, I will be loyal to you. I will not waver. I will see life. The Bible says in Ezekiel, he breathed life back into those bones. I think I'm going to stop a little bit early and 
have our tech team put in the song that's on the internet and I'm sure it's on for public use now from Evelation. It's called Rattle. Rattle those bones. This is what it feels like when the bones start rattling and things start coming to life. And there may be days when you're not sure what tomorrow will bring. But I want you to know that when God gives a promise, he keeps it. And whether they're healed here or heaven, whether it's with us or when we see them again, and only if you know Jesus will you see them again. So today I want you to be like this Shunammite woman. She said, all is well. It is well with your marriage. Go back to your spouse. If you're setting the table for dinner and maybe your spouse is sitting there with their hands on the table, just put your hand on their hand. Maybe they're going out to the grocery store because that's where they can go or walk. Give them a little kiss on the cheek. Tell yourself to stop for a minute with your children and just hold them, hold them close. Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. But I can tell you, just because God takes some to heaven, too early for us, but just right for them. Too early for us, but just right for them. He still wants you to believe in his promise. You've got to remember the enemy of our soul would seek to steal kill and destroy the dreams of God, the promises of God that he has put in God's kids. Because it's not over until you stand before the Lord. So he's going to keep trying to make you quit, to make you say, this faith doesn't work. I want you to know faith works. Faith moves a mountain. Faith moves our generosity. I will generously give my faith back to God. I will generously give my trust back to God. I will generously give my belief in the promises of God. It makes you think about giving generously, doesn't it? Oh, it's easy to say, well, I'll just write a check. I can be generous with my money. I believe this month God is saying, I want you to be generous with your faith. I want you to be generous with your trust. Stop holding back. Stop using the past disappointments and denials and detours as an excuse to not believe. God wants you to believe. God wants me to believe. My grandmother was 101 and I watched her in her latter decades at 80 and 90 and even 100 when she lost eyesight from macular degeneration, when she lost hearing from old age when she had to keep learning keep learning can you imagine at 90 new ways to have the word of god the promises of god come to her in a new way so today god is saying to you i have a promise i want you to get a vision of what's coming I want you to know that I'm going to breathe life into those dead, dry bones. I am going to rattle things for you. And like verse 37 says, come here, the Lord says, come together and worship inside a building. Pick up your son, pick up your praise. But before she did, she fell on her face. 
she wrapped her arms bowing at the feet of the word of God. Elisha was the representative of the word of God. And then she picked up her dream. Hear me. She picked up her son and she went out to do more. You see, God isn't calling us to stay inside our church buildings to say, oh, I can't wait till I get back to church and I can go in and then I can go out and I'm done for the week. No, God is saying, I want you to pick up that dream again and I want you to go back out into the world, go back out into your Zoom meeting because many of us are going to be Zooming for quite some weeks, quite some months. The coming back together has many restrictions because of this pandemic of 2020. And so I wrote something yesterday and I, I'm saving it because I'm going to publish it. And I want you to know I, I just journaled all of my thoughts and all of the things that God had been showing to me in this time. But here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to know that I believe God is saying. This is what he did for the Shunammite woman. This is what he did. You know, Gehazi was an important person in this story. Mary, if you're making comments, I love those comments. You're a woman of faith and the word and God reveals things to you. And your encouragement to others is amazing. And the promises that God has given to you, Mary, they are going to come to pass. You pick up those dreams. God's bringing new life to those dry bones that might be there. But during this time, and it's not over, and I'm not back to normal, and I'm not in my in my house where I live yet because I keep having to depend on different things, but I am in one accord with my precious sisters at ICF Rome. I am in one accord with my precious colleagues in Italy from the Adi Assemblies of God and the Italian Assemblies of God, from the American Assemblies of God, from the independent missionaries that are in Rome that I'm staying in touch with. God has a word for you. His promise is going to come to pass. He's going to bring new life. And your life, your testimony is going to be a witness long past the time you're gone. The generations to come will hear and see that in the midst of turmoil, God was real. In the midst of tragedy, God caused us to triumph. And I want you to know that he takes our fragile fear and molds it into a fervent faith. You can write that in the chat, Audrey, if you're helping me. He takes our fragile fear and molds it into a fervent faith. He takes our deepest insecurities and fashions them into a tight grip of trust on solid trust in his word. He takes our deepest insecurities and fashions them into a tight grip of trust in his steadfast word. If you're not in the word, I can tell you, you're going to be discouraged. If you're not reading the word daily, the naysayers are going to come. What did it say? Ge Elisha told Gehazi, take this staff, run back to that child, run back to that promise, but don't stop along the way and listen to what everybody else is saying. I have a promise from God for that woman and her child, the thing that she birthed, the dream that she had in her life. 
hold fast to his steadfast word. I can tell you, he's taken my raw emotions and used his Holy Spirit to keep me sensitive and humble and totally essentially dependent on him. He takes our raw emotions. You can have every emotion you have. You can be angry and sin not, but you cannot, you cannot blame God for what is going on in our world because what is going on in our world is a result of a fallen world. And God said, I promise to be with you. Now, I want you to know something. Some people don't like it that we're not in a building, but I am thankful that I live in a city in Rome where Paul was in prison. He was locked down. His ministry did not stop during lockdown. In fact, Paul wrote some of the most powerful messages that have gone on for 2,000 years. Can you imagine that? So I may be on lockdown. I may be surrounded by some walls and I can't go anywhere except maybe inside the dining room or the living room or outside the dining room or the living room like I am today. But I... I pray if the Lord tarries, that if even one of my messages that was spoken on this lockdown would carry on for generations to come, would even carry on to one granddaughter, to one grandson, that the word of God cannot be chained. That takes courage. That's not weak. That's not bowing down to government. That is saying, God, you are in charge of my steps. And I will do what you have commissioned me to do at this moment. And so I thank you for those of my friends in Rome who have stepped out of sight of your comfort box and you've made videos, you've done camera shots, you've worked in technology. Benji, worked, he went from Rome to India and he's still waking up just like we are in the middle of the night every Sunday to be a part of service. God knows our raw emotions, but he wants to use those to cause you to run back like she did in distress at the feet, grabbing his feet, run back to the feet of Jesus, run back to the feet of the cross and say the word of God cannot be blocked. It cannot be quarantined. I cannot be isolated from my father. God, his presence is with me. The minute I speak his name, he took the foundations of family and ministry for us built over 40 years and he's used them now as a stabilizer. What if this lockdown is causing some foundations to be built in your family? My daughter said, my one daughter said this time she felt so claustrophobic. She didn't know how she would get through, but yet this time has been a, such a rich sweet. She's had to work from home, work remote like many of you and do school with the kids. <coughs> She has laid foundations in those children's lives. They've been doing school online like so many others. She's building a foundation so that when the enemy comes in like a flood, if she's not there, they will raise up a standard. I want you to know that when I'm not here, I want you to be able to raise up a standard. I want you to know if you're not there in your family with your child or your siblings, they can raise up a standard against the enemy because the foundation of family in Christ Jesus 
will hold fast. It will not wash away in a storm. And this is living proof that the foundation of generations of family giving faith in Christ, faith in the word of God. How many times I spent at my grandmother's house in the summer and she made me memorize scripture verses. And I have quoted those verses, not only to myself, but to my grandkids. He will help us. Even in quarantine to remember that while we may be isolated from things that once brought us comfort, his peace is power over the pandemic in every situation. His peace is power over the pandemic in every situation. In the unknown of work contracts, his peace is power. In the unknown of financial provision, his peace is power. The word of God is our essential tool. And on Thursday Connect, as we look at scripture, as we look at the word of God, as one friend, like my friend Ann Martin in California, discloses the word of God and I get it in my spirit and I now share it with someone else. It's the holy word of God. And I'm telling you, every time I get the chance to run back to the feet of Jesus, to thank him for bringing the promise back to life, I will hug him and hold him in the spirit. You can do that, you know. You can do that. I want us to take a few minutes. We do this sometimes. A prayer and a praise. If you could type it in the chat. What are you praising God for today? I'm praising God for health. I'm praising God that my daughter that had a fallen trachea and almost needed intubation has a strong trachea and her voice is strong and she's the one who shared Thursday last week. I'm thankful that my granddaughter who's had dark circles under her eyes from lack of good oxygen from her asthma for months is breathing fine, hasn't had a breathing treatment in several weeks. If you're my friends in Italy and you've been praying with me for that, she hasn't had a breathing treatment in several weeks and she, her little skin is so clean and pure. The Lord has restored her health. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I could be here with Jessica as she had her baby and watch God heal and restore and give her confidence and because of the pandemic, she's not going to be alone when I leave in just a few days. She is going to have her kids here. She's going to have her husband working remotely here. God put it all in place. I'm thankful for the promise to reach one million a year. And now Pastor Rick is, I mean, we're going to have to hold him back media team because he's thinking well if we reach 500,000 in April what could we do if we do more because the word of God cannot be chained the word of God is not quarantined so listen I want to be in that building worshiping with the people that I love and have poured into and watched disciple their life. I want to see the smiles on their faces. And if we have to do a elbow bump or air hug for a couple weeks to honor the government, we will do that because we want to be a light in our city. Our city is watching and the Christians are the ones who are being a light and showing that they are full of love. Don't be full of venom. Don't be full of condemnation. Listen to me. You need to take this moment to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. 
Yes, we must have courage. We cannot only listen to the government. We cannot only just sit in our house and be afraid. But what we can do is hear what they say and then take it and say, God, little is much when you're in it. And when I can't minister to three or 400 people at a time, and you tell me to go into a room online like today, and I reach a thousand people every Thursday, when normally Thursday Connect is 20, that's not quarantined. That's not lockdown. That's not weakness. That's bravery and courage. I'm not a tech person. I'm on a phone stacked on a table, on a suitcase, on two games, boxes, so I could get it up high enough. I don't have a tripod in my quarantine at home. But I want you to know I have the word of God and the word of God cannot be chained. Please type that in the chat. The word of God cannot be quarantined. The peace of God cannot be isolated from you. You will have presence in the peace of God. Remember the first Thursday online when this whole stay at home started. Peace, power, strength, and purpose. I know the Lord gave me those four words, that I would have peace in the midst of pandemic, that I would have power in the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, and that I would have purpose in my conversations, in my days invested. You know, she poured into that child from the moment she got that promise when she had a baby in old age until many years when he went out into the harvest to reap and he died in that harvest. She, there were many years in between, but something happened in her. Something happened in Gehazi that he knew when she said, you better get to the word of God. Listen, if you've got a woman in your life saying, get to the word of God, you've got to do it. That's the dog saying, get to the word of God. I want you to know today, God is with you. God is for you. And I declare COVID-19, 2020, you lose. Faith wins. Faith in God moves my mountain in every season. And the word of God declares, we will, we will shout it loud. See, that's a warning. There might be somebody on the other side of that fence. Sometimes the enemy comes in, but God, through his word, through the Holy Spirit, he gives a warning. Hey, back off. Remember, Elisha said to Gehazi, go back, don't stop, don't listen to anybody along the way. Right now I'm saying to you, if God is speaking to you, go back to that promise. Put your hands on that journal. Put your hands on that loved one, that child, that spouse, that, that family member. One of my dear, dear sisters, Salome, if you're watching, that usually watches, God has restored so many things in her life because she went back to the promise that God is good and she would not let forgiveness, unforgiveness and bitterness stay in her life. And God has released her and he has brought dreams to life. Today is your day. This spring is your promised season. Something new is starting to grow. Dry bones are rattling. So if we get that song up, you'll see it. And if not, then you check it out. Elevation worship, rattling. I want you to say, God, that thing that I thought was dead is not dead. I want to be like that Shunammite woman 
in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in 2 Kings chapter 4, that even when her child, the promise of God, had died in her lap, she said, all is well. When he asked her, how's your family? How's your child? She didn't complain and say, my God, he died. She said, all is well by faith. And she grabbed hold of the word of God. And God brought a promise back to life for her. Today, I believe God is saying to you, I'm bringing your promise to life. I didn't give you that promise for it to die and do nothing. And if you're in the midst of grief right now, in, if you're in the midst of disappointment, if you're in the midst of weariness, I'm serious. Sometimes you just got to take a nap, drink water, and eat some protein. Sometimes you just got to do some practical things. But then, what did she do after she held on to the word? She grabbed her son. She grabbed her promise. She got up and she went out. So today, I want you to know God's word is essential. His peace is not quarantined. And you can say, all is well. God's word is essential. His peace is not quarantined. And you can say, I can say, all is well. I love you and I'll see you soon. And God has an answered promise waiting one prayer away from your miracle. God will give it everything you need. Peace, power, strength, and purpose. Type it in. Peace, power, strength, and purpose. Because all is well.